Welcome to the Why God Why podcast brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. My name is Dylan Carnival, and I'm the Browncroft staff and producer of the show. I'm joined today by our host, Peter Englert, the director of adult ministries at Browncroft, and John Amayo, the New York State crew director. Why God Why is a podcast where we ask 21st century questions about God that you never thought you could. And today we've got John Ganan. He's the New York director of Youth Alive. And we're talking about why God, why is the coronavirus causing disappointment in my life? Peter and John. So we might change that uh, question, folks, but, you know, we'll see what John Amayo says. We wanted to do a special episode <laughs> with John Ganan because we put a poll in our Why God, Why tribe, uh, our Facebook group. And I just think that we're sensing that there's a lot of disappointment. So the highest part of the poll was actually just... I can't see my friends and family, but I look at both of John Amayo and John Ganan. John Ganan works with high school students. Uh, there's cancellations for senior trips, cancellations for graduations. I'm thinking about John Amayo, cancellations for graduation. And so I thought it would be very important for us to lean into this topic. And so John Amayo, I guess I'll start with you and then we'll throw it to Johnny G. What, you know, as you think about this question, you know, what are, what are your, some of your initial thoughts as we get ready to go dive right in? Well, I mean, I think about disappointment and there's no doubt that most of us are experiencing disappointment on one level or another right now. And it's also really interesting to me because as I think back on you know, the people's journeys that I've witnessed over the years, I think one of the key factors, and if someone decides to follow Jesus for the long term, is how they view disappointment in their life. Like, what do you do with disappointment when it's there? Does it, does it rock your world or can, can you experience it and then see God work in the midst of it? Um, and that's not easy. I'm not trivializing any of the disappointment. I mean, there's some really significant disappointment that I've been going through as well during this season. Mm. So I've had to lean into this myself. Um, but I think we need to be recording on your. We need oh, to be up front. There we go. I'm recording on mine. I think. Yeah, okay, and John Amaya, were you recording on GarageBand too, or no? I was, but I. Not sure where it's this a, file is going. So we could just yeah, re-answer your question and then go from there. Go. Okay. Let me just. All right. Yeah, thanks, Peter. I mean, I think everybody is dealing with disappointment right now on one level or another. And all of us are experiencing some in little ways, some in big ways but we're all in the midst of it. And it's curious to me because I think about, you know, people who decide to follow Jesus for the long run. I'm, I've been in doing ministry with college students for 18 years now. So I, I have been able to see people's journeys over time. And the one thing that I've seen that might be one of the biggest indicators if you stick with Jesus for the long haul is how you deal with moments of disappointment in your life. 
And all of us are going through them. I'm going through them during this season of my life. And so I think that's why it's super important for us to discuss this on this podcast um, and, and to really talk about it honestly together. And so, hey, we're thankful to have John Ganan here with us. Thanks for joining us, John, to talk about why is disappointment wrecking my life right now? Anyway, uh, yeah, so... So, John, how about you? Like, how is disappointment showing up, whether it's in your life and ministry in this season right now? Sure. Well, you know, as we look at uh, what we do, you know, assisting churches to connect to the school, um, you know, people look at me and say, so what are you doing right now? You know, you know, the school's closed and students aren't there. And, you know, so that's, that could be a source of disappointment. I mean, honestly, personally, on a personal note, uh, there's so much to be done behind the scenes and stuff like this that I feel like it's just more time doing it. And, and a lot of my personal connection with people now with Zoom takes a whole lot of travel off the, off the calendar and allows me to do that as best I can and uh, also work work on some things that just need to be done. But as I look out in the, the landscape of, a lot of things, the church and how they're connecting to the community, uh, you know, um, how much does this pull them out of their community to just try to keep the church, uh, you know, functioning and caring for people. And, you know, it's, you know, it's almost like I would gather, um, you know, challenging just to know how to reach your community when you're also trying to to be able to reach your own church members and and know, you know, that they are where they're at and, you know, to be the church together. Um, I think there's definitely been a, a period of time where they've had to kind of re reboot, you know, obviously, and, and figure out how to do the, the us together thing before they can go and approach places like the school. Um, as far as students themselves, you know, my connection with students often really limits be, um, with just a connection through their youth ministries. And so their youth leaders and, and getting a, getting a sense of how they're doing things. I'm seeing that uh, they are seeing community come together. Now they are seeing their students uh, engage um, there's pros and cons and ups and downs and all kinds of things with this time. But then the ultimate disappointment, I mean, probably the biggest disappointment that's been uh, known across the school world would be those seniors who aren't uh, experiencing their end of year experiences that they would typically, you know, uh, hold so dear, you know, the ball and, and the graduation and exactly, you know, all those end of year type experiences, end of school type experiences. So, yeah, I think we as uh, leaders have to do well in helping them deal with those disappointing moments. Uh, I've seen churches kind of trying to celebrate uh, graduation in a new way or, you know, trying to, trying to, address those needs. But yeah, I think I agree, John, you know, disappointment is an experience of, of life and the Christian life. And, uh, we need to be good about helping, helping others work through that. So let me, let me ask, I think this is a question for all three of us. Cause I, I just think it's important for us to be real, but during this whole lockdown quarantine coronavirus, Oh, there you go. Now, there, now you go. So I just think this is an important question to ask for all, all three of us, but 
what um you know what are you most disappointed with during this lockdown quarantine coronavirus what's been personally what's been your biggest disappointment whichever one of you wants to start first sure i'll jump in uh you know looking at uh look <laughs> i'll really jump in now uh, uh <laughs> you know just looking at things now in this perspective of of being disconnected i mean i am an introvert so i don't think of myself fully as that all the time i mean i mean I, people don't even know that but i might need some help um re-emerging from this time you know that might be something people are going to help me with you know just all right come out of this uh this time where you're just you know enjoying in certain aspects but it's really it's it's really um tough i think in a lot of ways um to see families and and the broken pain that's happening with people who are passing away and um just the sadness of hey i'm not able to be there with my uh with my dying parent i just had a friend who posted about that today you know they they had uh lost their parents during this time their 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 mother during this time so i think there's just there's just a lot of a lot of difficult stuff but you also have to kind of experience it through instead of relationally getting that news we're getting it through the means that we least favor which finding out about these horrible things through facebook and finding out without a phone call without bumping into somebody without shaking their hand giving them a hug like the things that people would do uh, people would do and and you'd experience that personally and i wonder i really do wonder it makes me wonder right now like where where will that leave us when we are getting together and we have to catch up and say oh wow i saw it on facebook but now i seeing this person here and they're dealing with it and i'm mm -hmm. here with them now and who knows what kind of grieving didn't maybe happen or you know for anybody you know for all these folks so a lot of things unseen a lot of a lot of challenges a lot of disappointment i don't feel until maybe when we're all together and we have to kind of reflect and solemnly solemnly look back at people's lives that are in our families that we just haven't been able to connect with to actually grieve with them you know i just don't think i don't think that we're adequately grieving for all of these things that are happening right now and i don't think we can we're just going to have to be per permiss permitting ourselves to to hold off on that and just be sensitive as we re-enter. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are real um, things to be disappointed about. I think during this season, I resonate with that, John. I, I think about for me, what, what I am grieving during this season a little bit is that personal face-to-face -face interaction. Like I've been on so many zoom calls and, uh, yeah, that, that lasted for about a week. The novelty of that lasted for about a week. Yeah. And, uh, now I just can't wait to be face-to-face -face with people and just sitting across the table or sitting in a coffee shop with somebody again and just, just talking face to face. Mm -hmm. Um, I get just so tired after, you know, zoom fatigue is, is this new thing that we're learning about right now. And, and, uh, that's disappointing for me, but I think the, the greatest disappointment for me during this season, just to be vulnerable, um, has been with my mother. Um, she's going through Parkinson's disease and has had, uh, dementia for, 
um, the last few months. And it just has intensified really greatly during this season. And um, I just can't, I can't visit her. I can't see her face to face. Um, I can do phone calls, but even that is difficult. And mm. so um, I don't think I've fully grasped or fully grieved some of those things yet, um, as you were talking about, John. Mm -hmm. But it's a definite disappointment uh, during this season and definitely not easy to get through. So um, I would say that's for me. How about for you, Peter? Uh, John, I really appreciate you being um, vulnerable, um, both Johns. Um, you know, I was thinking about this, like how to put it into one. And I think I'd say I'm just disappointed I'm not fully there. Like, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, so I love having the extra time with my daughter. But the fact like right now I'm recording, you know, we're all recording this from our homes. I'm downstairs in my basement with my work desktop and just the disconnection just isn't there. And like, so I feel like I'm not giving my full presence to anybody, like including my wife, including my daughter. And, mm -hmm. you know, I shared this, you know, at Browncroft, but you know, I, I've lost two family members, um, you know, within this past month. And, you know, and I'm careful to say that, like, none of them were surprises. So I'm actually, like, happy for them because they're not suffering. But it's also just hard because I think about the people, like my parents, who are grieving the most, and I have to call and FaceTime with them. So um, I lost my grandmother. Um, she passed away. She was 94 years old. She'd been, um, you know, she had dementia she really wasn't quote unquote there. And I cherished the last moment I had with her. And then I lost a, you know, she's an aunt by name, not by blood, but you know, it was fairly sudden. And, you know, again, it goes back to just not being fully there. And, you know, I, I think the only way I've been fully there, like even with my daughter is like, I have to go on drives every day and we put on a YouTube channel, so I can't check my phone because if I do that and the, you know, Larry's silly songs ends, my daughter throws a conniption, which is a great boundary. But yeah, I think those are kind of the big disappointments. So let, I think it's important for us to share that. Let me, you know, let me ask you all this. Let's move a little bit to the disappointment of other people. I mean, what do you think about, you know, the students, the adults that are facing huge disappointments. And when I say that like visible, like I can't go to graduation, I was supposed to visit friends. I mean, what do you all think about that right now? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's loss at a grand scale that, that most of us haven't lived through before loss at this level where society in general, everybody is dealing with some form of loss. And I think we're in the midst of those stages of grief, if you will, you know, those, the, the five stages of, of grief. And, and some of us are at different levels of that than others, but I, I, I and there isn't a perfect way to work through that. But, um, as I've talked with people, even over the last week, it just seems to me that, 
that some of us are in that state of kind of depression right now, um, that, that we're kind of hitting a low, like where functioning is more difficult now and where working through things is it, we're just more tired and we're, we're exhausted and we just don't have as much motivation. And I think it's important to, to label that and to go, okay, this is part of a process that you're experiencing. This doesn't mean you're a bad person. That just means that, that you are experiencing loss and, and maybe people who are listening right now, maybe that's what you're experiencing. And I would just want to tell you, if so, that doesn't mean that you're a bad person. That just means you're, you're going through something that's incredibly difficult. And um, that, that's one take on, on this. John, I, yeah. I don't know what you would say. Yeah, I think, you know, John, I think that this large-scale disappointment for one, one thing that's a clear observation is it's affected us all. And it's even affected us whether we're not whether or not we're experiencing the the fatal um, consequences of it. Everybody, uh, it, it's just just one unique quality of this is everybody is going through this practice. It's almost like we're taking a a journey together in in a life reset, and everybody is going through that same journey. Doesn't matter whatever fatality is happening in their life, um, and whether they're you know kind of cursing if they're on the far side of like i'm cursing the whole government for doing this i mean i shouldn't be having to do this you know whether they're on that side of things or they're just like this totally makes sense and this is you know please save me and i'm glad to be inside right now um wherever you're at you're you're kind of going through this phenomenal reset and i'm sure it's pulling things up that weren't there and, and of course in the student world we i i mean i don't know any data right now honestly, that, you know, would speak to what's happening, you know, with um, things that are, you know, happening with students, just depression, suicide and abuse and all of these things that you would think would have uh, a greater, you know, effect now. So all of that, and then, you know, looking at scripture and saying, you know, God, where, where is this helping um, us? And I think is you know, the church and, you know, as people who were reluctant to go live online, uh, we're certainly realizing that we all have to be digital. Uh, and we all have that, that world that uh, needs engagement and we'll all be better at that. I mean, if we look at the positive, I know you're not going to the positive per se, kind of in this disappointment piece here, but the trying of our faith works patience, James, you know, uh, develops perseverance, and how does that even play out? Well, it plays out in in uh, how we approach life um, with a senior in a high school that's giving up all of this experience. You know, what what does that mean for them? How do they now experience these next exciting things? Their graduation from college is going to be like, wow, this is the first time I walked the stage, you know, that experience of, uh, of celebrating, you know, those things uh, that we hold dear, you know, getting put aside will somehow develop in us uh, a deeper appreciation, if, if nothing else, <laughs> for what those things are, you know, so. Let me, um, let me ask you both this. What do you think is going to be different after we kind of experience normalcy, you know, and it could be positive or negative. I think it's worth, you know, you both work, um, 
in schools, academic, colleges, high schools, you know, what do you sense could be different, positive or negative after this is done? Well, I, I feel like we're just on the very front edge. I, I can speak for college students. I, I feel like we're on the very edge of even thinking about that question. And I think if any of us were to answer honestly, we would say, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the future, how that will look. I was just reading an article yesterday um, by a higher ed uh, it was a higher ed blog post, and um, there were 15 different possible outcomes in the fall, this fall, 15 possible ways that colleges are looking to adjust what they're doing this fall. So, I mean, and it went through every little minute way that things could change. Everything from it goes all the way back to normal to we're just shutting things down for a year and everything in between. And so, with that much uncertainty, I, I don't know that we know yet where this all lands. I, I know that we'll probably be forced more into the digital realm than we ever have been before. I think we're going to have to be increasingly comfortable with that. But what does that look like? I don't know. I, I think we, at the same time, we realize this isn't, this does not take the place of personal interaction. Um, so I think we might have a fresh sense of that too as a society. But beyond those two things, I'm not confident that we have a full understanding of it quite yet. We're just so early on in this process. It's as far as, you know, the school system and, you know, secondary, elementary, you know, again, I think we're really where John says there too. Uh, we just don't know. I mean, we know that school's been called off actually I think that's the, I think that's the case. I feel I feel slight shame not knowing exactly what's going on. It just seems like there's so many um, changes that it's hard to track. But uh, when it comes down to it, you know um, what it looks like in the fall could could have as many options as college. But I mean, it's it certainly has a lot of uniformity in our state. And then the question is. What does upstate look like versus downstate? Will there be a dis distinction between the two and how things are addressed? Or, you know, will New York City public schools take a different route than the rest of the state just because, you know, uh, that'd be more um, efficient or whatever? So, you know, who knows where it's going to go? You know, online, you know, parents have been discovering homeschool online and what that looks like, what that. What, what, the, what the pains of that would be? What are the maybe even some benefits of of p certain aspects of that? There are certain you know we're not a state that I see a lot of this is, but there's there's there are states that are great education um, states. You know they have a high we have a high regard for their educational systems. These states and I think one of them is Pennsylvania that has um, has virtual campus. You know they're they've already gone down that road. And we're not we're not a state that has, so I wonder where that's going to come and, and, and maybe be more uh, utilized. And of course, there are people who just were reluctant or just hadn't gotten online, you know, to the degree that so many people are. And so we're all going to discover the church is going to be like, wow, okay, we're all here now. And you know, I think of that, I and mean, I don't know if we're going that way in this conversation. I think that that would be good to explore that. You know, how does that affect uh, the church and kind of getting the, the rest of us in that in that online environment so i'm gonna just take it hold on before you go on with that question peter oh, 
I want to ask you that same question, just well, from your perspective. I was going to answer it, so I love it. You know. Oh, good. Oh, okay, Where's good. It? All right. I just didn't want you to move. I know that you're a two, <laughs> and you want to care about what other people are saying. You know, but you know, I want to hear your opinion too because I'm a two. I, okay. I we had to throw the enneagram in here yeah, somewhere. So uh, yeah. I saw a guy by the name of Brady Shearer. He um, he tweeted this. Um, he said, "Digital is." wider not deeper in person is deeper not wider so as i kind of think about that um you know in my role if i'm going to invite people to teach a class and i'm talking 45 minutes of that class that's completely worthless to them because this time has kind of shown i can i can do that on my own time but if i invite people to a class and i say 45 minutes of it is a discussion. Um, and we've been kind of going there for the last 10 years, upside down classroom. So that's one major thing that I feel like will shift. And again, you know, I, I don't want to be like Stephen A. Smith, you know, on ESPN that like, you know, makes these predictions. And you guys are so much more humble maybe than I am. I, I think another thing that's going to change, um, I feel like we're going to have the new, um, great depression generation. Um, you know, so if you're younger than Gen Z or Gen Z, I feel like there's going to be a carefulness, um, just to everything. Um, whether it's washing hands, whether it's to infectious diseases, I mean, think about it. I mean, the two of you have kids. I don't know how it's going to affect my two year old Haley, but I mean, just just think about how it's going to affect your kids. I already know parents that are having the conversation. Hey, mom and dad, I'm scared to go back to school. So I think there's some positives to that. I don't think it's all negative. And the other thing that I just kind of see is um, I, I wonder, we've been becoming this culture that doesn't like to stay in our area. We want to move away. I wonder how much of that changes now because we can't, you know, so if I live, you know, three hours away from my parents in Binghamton, you know, does that conversation for my daughter and your kids become different because of this situation? Not that either one of those is bad, but I guess those are some things that are on my mind about that. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. And I think, I think Gen Z was already skewing uh, more conservative. They kind of were, were, had more in common with, uh, their great, great grandparents than previous generations. They, so I think we might see that even intensify over this, this next, you know, few years that we might see that intensify. So that's a good observation on your part, Peter. It's a good observation. Well, yeah, I think, uh, with Gen Z and uh, even Alpha, you know, and of course Millennial, you know, the the digital lifestyle, uh, they were the kind of the navigators of that, and and we're all kind of looking to them, even if we're Gen X or older than that. <laughs> um, you know, we're looking at that, and and we're seeing, uh, we are looking to them and saying, you know, what what's this world like, and what are they. Uh, what are they valuing and how do we engage them? And, you know, from my perspective, what I do, you know, how are we engaging? You know, we, we started to interview students online, you know, Instagram live and, 
We have a intern. She's in her twenties. She's working with students from across the state, just doing some online connection um, to just get their stories by way of their youth pastor, youth leaders in their churches. Uh, you know, just putting the conversation out there. I think conversational uh, messaging versus presentational mes- messaging is going to be growing. And I think even with our pastors and sermons, I was listening to my uh, pastor give a devotion. Uh, and uh, I'm like, he's, he's, you know, he's doing a great job just talking to the camera. But yet we were doing the implementation from the stage for the messages on Sunday. And I'm thinking, man, if he were just to do a conversational message, I th- I'd be engaging all the more, you know, we use the, you know, you probably realize, you know, that we use the lecture format is kind of a solve all. It's not, it's not the, it's best. It's the least uh, favored way of communication is just how to do it mass. And, and so we, we tried it. I wonder, we're looking back, we're going to say, wow, we tried to fit this weird thing into the digital life when we didn't have to, you know, yeah. we could have just done one-to-one and, and, uh, kind of that feel. And, uh, you know, there's a book that I see on John Amayo's shelf right there to his left faith for exiles. Cause we can all see each other in this and man, Mark Matlock and, um, who else is in there? David Kinnam. David Kinnaman. Yeah. Well, Bar- yeah. Barna as well is kind of in the, you know, that whole deal about this digital, Babylon that they paint the picture of and, and, you know, how we have to live by these rules. And some of us are kind of reluctant observers and we're still in Jerusalem trying to live the church in Jerusalem. But, you know, the premise of the book is how do we get into the digital space that is really where we all are now? Now we're in it and we are all in it. And, uh, you know, we, we used to grow tired. I grew tired of people posting their hearts on Facebook and now it's like, well, they're just living their life in a digital landscape. And uh, I got to be more accepting of that. I was more like, well, just reserve that for a conversation. But actually, I don't know. Maybe maybe I just need to understand uh, the context of, of where we live a little better and be a little bit more sensitive to that. And all the more, which I think is probably one of the things the church is going to have to re- recognize. And I don't love speaking for the church, but I mean, the reality is, um, as we're all part of the church, we have to recognize um, that the mission doesn't change. So how does that play out in a digital, how does mission, mission play out in a digital landscape? So let's, uh, let's close with these two questions. Um you know, we'll ask the question, what does Jesus have to do with this? But I I want you both to speak to the people. I think the majority of our audience is just feeling the disappointment to not seeing other people. And that, you know, missing a celebration, you can turn the 10 on the volume all the way up. And it kind of decreases, but it stays there to not seeing people, you turn up the hum and it's like a constant three through this whole process. I don't know if that's a good way to explain it, but you know, John Amayo, I'm just going to start with you. You know, what would you say to the people that are disappointed by not seeing other people? How would you encourage them today? Man, I, 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 it's like the, 
you see this catchphrase on every commercial now. It's getting kind of annoying, but uh, it's reality at the same time. As I think it's important for us to embrace, you're not alone. Okay, you might be alone, but it, technically, but everybody else is walking through this experience too. So um, where you might be alone physically, you're not alone in terms of everybody walking this road alongside you. And it's so easy to forget that because we naturally think that, that we're the only ones that are experiencing what we're experiencing. But I would just remind people, you know, everyone is struggling relationally right now. Everybody in one form or another, even if you have a house full of people, those people are getting on each other's nerves right now. And so they might not be alone, but they're, they're some, sometimes wishing they were alone, you know? Um, and so everyone, this is pushing all of our relational limits, what we're going through right now. And I, I think it's just important for, for us to not lose sight of that um, and not to let it overwhelm us to the, to the point of despair because all of us are going through it. So that's a good, yeah. Johnny G, what do you think? Hey, if I were a student right now, I would know that I would be having to adapt to something very difficult. And high school is, and middle school too, is difficult enough. And being the adult in the room, uh, so to speak, the teacher or the pastor or the youth pastor or just anybody where you're trying to engage. And, and if you're an adult and you feel like people are coming to you trying to engage with you and it feels um, maybe can come off even impersonal because it's just not the same, um, please know that I think so many people, like John said, you know, we're we're trying to adjust to this aloneness and we're just trying to break through in some way. Um, and probably the older you get, the more clunky it might feel, but we're all just trying to. And so understand when your your grandparents or parents are just looking to, you know, connect, help them out, you know, uh, set up something. We had a birthday, my, it was my wife's birthday. And, you know, I threw out an invite to her family um, for a Zoom call. This was right on the beginning um, of all of this, I was actually beginning of April here. It wasn't too long ago. And they, you know, I didn't, exp I did, I wasn't prepared to see like the, the, um, the reaction of her mom just breaking down, seeing her, you know, not, in a, you know, in a lar large way, but just like a reaction of emotional, like here we all are, you know, and this is what we, we wish we had, you know, the, so, so there's a lot of isolation. There's a lot of pain happening and we're all trying to lead through this change. And so uh, be aware of that, be aware of how much your uh, FaceTime uh, app or whatever app you use can be a value for, for somebody else and, and picking up the phone and calling, you know, all these things are really, really valuable for sure right now. And I guess the way that I'd answer, cause I want to, I don't want John to think I won't, but, um, either <laughs> way. um, you know, I feel like when you feel alone and when you feel disappointed, there's two options for you to make a wise choice. Number one, you know, where do I need solitude? And I think part of that is that's an old spiritual practice. It's you wrestling with God and it's you kind of saying, I'm disappointed, I'm angry. And it's not about answering a question, but it's about, I, I need to process number one. 
And then number two, I think it's an invitation for relationships. Um, you know, I think both of you have kind of hinted towards this, you know, who do I need to call right now? Who do I need to FaceTime with? Um, you know, I think about this, you know, one of my really good friends in Rochester, you know, Mike Keys, we interviewed him a while ago. You know, I'm finding that, you know, I would call him a couple times a week, almost as a substitute to prayer, um, where it's just, I need someone to process this. And he's always very helpful, very godly. But I'm even now finding how important it is before you even talk to someone to go into prayer. And so, you know, I, I think in your disappointment, in all of that, to be able to decipher, do I need to just process this alone or do I need to talk with someone? I feel like that's been one of my biggest learnings right now is trying to figure out. And I think, I God forbid, I wouldn't want there to be a pandemic to do this, but maybe for some of us, we need to learn that. So let's... Uh, you know, let's close up with this question. What does Jesus have to say? John, we'll give you the last word, John Ganan, um, and then John Amayo. And then, yeah, John, why don't we start with you, John Amayo? Just, uh, you know, what's what do you think Jesus has to say about this? Yeah, I mean, I've been reflecting on this this past week, and this passage keeps on coming to my mind of John the Baptist going through a real season of uh, disillusionment and uh, really questioning Jesus. And he's put into prison and Jesus, you know, has this big message at the end of that. But he ends with this. And I think this is the stage that, that all of us are in the need of right now. Jesus ends after a whole chapter of, of him talking. He, he just says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. And I feel like despite the fact that we might all be resting in one level, what this is showing us is that we need rest of our souls. We need a deeper rest. And Jesus is offering us that deeper rest. Mm. Um, not just a superficial rest, but he offers us something much more deeper that we all crave and that we all realize maybe that we in, in a fresh way that we need in our lives. And, and so if you're feeling that right now, if you're feeling exhausted, um, if you're feeling, uh, like you are just, you know, at your wits end, I would say that's the place that Jesus is inviting you into a deeper rest in him. Uh, yeah, that's what I think. Peter, how about you? You know, I, I'm going to be brief because I think I've hinted at it. Um, I hope that whether you follow Jesus or not, go to the Psalms. Um, I think sometimes we need someone to pray for us, and Jesus is big enough uh, to handle those prayers. And it's not about getting answers, but it's about healthily processing. And maybe there's some things that need to change in your life. Maybe there's some good things in your life. So. That's what I would say. John, uh, John Ganan, how would you close it? Close us up. Yeah. Yeah. Peter, I would, I would just second that, you know, the Psalms, um, are full of, uh, uh, visuals of, of, um, someone who's really encountering God personally. And sometimes the, the, uh, 
situations call for that um, even more. And I think this is one of those situations where, where we have a whole lot of time where we could spend uh, really thinking about those deeper things in life. So whether you're a believer or, or not, or maybe just some spirituality, you know, really taking this time and asking God, you know, where do you fit into this or, or, you know, how can I know you? And, and, uh, I think this is a really, uh, special time for that. Uh, even in, in a life of someone like myself who feels like he's been walking with God a long time, I'm still finding myself, him tapping into areas of my life that I've had closed off because of busyness. And as John was saying, you know, just this whole, um, activity of life where I could not have that rest that I would be discovering because of this, just unplugging everything. And people go away for days, sometimes take retreats to find this kind of a thing. And we may never do that. Uh, we may never do that because of just how our life's laid out, but this is forcing us to do that in certain areas. I know there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Maybe that doesn't feel like a retreat at all. Listen, I hear you on that, but there's certain moments that I think we all have to experience right now. And I would just, um, I don't mean to give this as advice. I just mean, use it as, um, I have used it, um, as a time where it's impacted me spiritually for mm. sure. Yeah. Well, Hey, thanks for joining us for the special. Why God, why podcast episode. Again, we have John Ganan. You can find him on uh, social media. If you're uh, sharing this episode, it's hashtag WGW podcast. Um, and also we're at whygodwhypodcast.com. Uh, we're just so glad you joined us. We're praying for you. And we, um, we hope that you have a wonderful day. Thank you so very much. Mm-hmm.